0: Dr. Latucci, an amazing dentist, an artist really, he approaches the art of dentistry and has done veneers for so many celebrities and famous people and people who need their smile as a part of the work they do. Smiles are a big deal for me. I think smiling is presenting an open, warm greeting, and it's inviting, and it's saying to the person you're speaking with that you are enjoying that interaction and that it's a pleasant experience for you. And I think people underestimate the value of a really good smile. I, as a young girl, cracked my front tooth and I had to have a cap at a very young age so I was very self-conscious about my two front teeth and obviously there's so much technology now and so much has evolved through the years that I've had to look at perfecting the early work that had been done and so I was fortunate to meet Dr. Lattucci and really see an artist at work and I thought that it would be interesting to have a conversation with him because so many people think about plastic surgery or doing work on their faces and sometimes your smile can change everything else about your face and having a line or two could be part of who you are but that smile really is so much more powerful so I thought it might be another way to look at how you present yourself and the power of a smile so Dr. Lutucci I'm introducing Dr. Greg Latucci and we've known each other for a while now. Yeah, a few, quite a few years. And the reason I thought it would be great to invite you to be part of the Doctor series is that I was looking at what's important for women's health and for understanding women's health the time you need to spend with a doctor to find out things that you normally don't ask when you go is really important. So Mm -hmm. the series helps me ask those questions. And whether it's your skin and your face and how you look and your body and how you take care of yourself, a smile is a very important part of how you say who you are and how you uh, present yourself but also dental health is critically important for overall physical health so you're a very well-known famous doctor dentist in New York and not in the sense of a dentist dentist but really as a craft and so first of all tell us a little bit about what it is you do
1: okay so I've been um I've been practicing now at 230 Central Park South in the same office for almost 35 years now. And when I first started working there, it was really 1984. And, you know, you graduate dental school and you do a residency and now you're thrown into the real world. And I ended up in an office with Mark Lohenberg, who had been there for uh, 12 or 13 years before me. and. There were no dentists really that were doing something called porcelain veneers. So, when somebody had aesthetic work done to their teeth, they were doing composite bonding, which was plastic that you were molding on the teeth. And although it was an improvement, you know, the bonding absorbs stains much quicker than your natural teeth, and it also flakes away and it chips very easily. So, it didn't have a, a great longevity, and it also kind of fell short as far as mimicking the look of what we're born with, natural enamel. But in 1982-1983, somebody invented something that allowed you for the first time to bond porcelain to enamel as opposed to plastic. And the advantage to the porcelain is that it's very lifelike, it looks like your enamel, it will not stain, it will not wear when you brush it. So we felt that you could get 10 to 20 years longevity on these porcelain veneers. But most dentists wouldn't do them. They were afraid to do them. There was only a handful of offices in the city that were doing them. We were one of them. There might have been six or seven offices, but nobody knew, like, how are we going to bond these in? What are we going to bond them in with? How much tooth structure are you shaving when you do the veneers? So we would call each other up and just ask each other. And most dentists were pointing fingers at us and saying that, you know, what we were doing was so terrible because for the first time we were doing some drilling of someone's tooth and putting something on it that there was no study that really showed that would even last the first bite of food. Oh, you're kidding. But we we really believed in them, and it turned out that we were right, because, I mean, there are cases that I've done 30 years ago that are fine, and 20 years and 25 years ago. There are some people who had it done 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, where, you know, we've redone a few of the veneers, but they do last, and they do look beautiful. So, you know, I feel very strongly, I mean, I'm prejudiced because I'm a dentist, but I feel very strongly about the smile being important. Yeah. Because I think, you know, the mouth is the focal point of one's face. Mm -hmm. It's always moving when you're speaking. You eat with it, you kiss with it. It's, It's right in everybody's face. And sometimes I'm amazed when I get a patient who might be a little older, but looks great and took care of their skin. And, you know, we all go to the gym, we try and stay fit, we dress well. We're very conscious of how we look, especially as we get older. And especially when you look back at older pictures of yourself, which I just did, which made me very depressed. (laughs) But, you know, you want to look good. And sometimes they come in and then they smile and the teeth are awful. Because what happens as you get older, there's a number of things that happen to the mouth... As we get older, one thing that happens is the upper lip loses muscle tone, so it starts to hang lower.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So whatever length of tooth you showed before when you speak, you no longer see. Right. The second thing that happens is the first two teeth to wear are your front two, which started out the longest. Oh, really? Because they're biting first into everything. So your lip is hanging lower, your teeth are becoming shorter. And then the front two teeth become the same length as the next two, which they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be longer than the two lateral teeth Mm -hmm. and have a step going up, which is a younger look. So what we want to do is when somebody loses some muscle tone in their lips, sometimes we will build out the veneers just a little bit more by the gum line to help Mm -hmm. give the lip a little more support, and we give back the length that they've lost from the wear. The second thing that can happen over time is... The the middle teeth and the back on the sides sometimes will start to come in a little bit. So when you smile and now you have this looser lip, Mm -hmm. you have dark spaces going back. So sometimes we do veneers on those teeth to build out the side teeth wider to create a much nicer arc in the smile Mm -hmm. and a fuller smile. Yeah. But there's really, there's no limit to the things that we can do. Some Mm -hmm. people, I mean, we've all seen them. They give a big laugh. And they have a very gummy smile. You see like a lot of gum and these little teeth. So we do a gum lift where the gum specialist or sometimes I will do with a laser, we raise the gum line and then we make the veneer up to that level. Mm -hmm. So now you're seeing a longer tooth and less gum when you Mm -hmm. smile. So it's really an incredible thing because it can so make you look younger, yet you don't look different. Mm. Look, I just went to a restaurant. I don't want to name the restaurant in this area. And... I just watched as people walked in one after the other. I was with my wife and you know it was some poorly done facelifts. You know, you can tell that somebody had something done. The nice thing about veneers, let's say you said, "All right, I'm not happy with my smile. I don't like the color of my teeth. I want to refresh my look." Mm-hmm. So you do veneers. Now let's say you did them and then let's say 2 weeks later you just said, "You know what? I'm sorry. You were right. I should have gone a little less white or should have gone a little more" White, or I should have put a little more translucency in the veneers to make them more real. Mm. You can take them off and you can do another set. Mm. But once you have, you know, plastic surgery or a nose job, whatever, it is what it yeah. is. So I like that flexibility mm. in doing someone's smile.
0: Now, I think there's two kinds of dentistry. And just like with skincare. like you want to maintain healthy teeth and there's health care, teeth care. Let's talk a little bit about that. So what are the routines to... Because I think gum health and teeth and, and, and your tongue and everything that's going on have so much to do with gut and heart and everything. And there's many studies, and I've been to several lectures about it, where there's a real case on how important... Hygiene, teeth hygiene, gum hygiene is. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Okay, so your mouth is a very vascular area. You know that when you get your teeth cleaned by the hygienist, there's a lot of bleeding. There's a lot of capillaries and blood vessels in our mouth, in our gums. So So that
0: we can absorb nutrients. Correct.
1: At the same time, there's a cesspool of bacteria, normal bacteria that live in our saliva. It's those bacteria that can turn sugar into decay and eat through your teeth. And there are bacteria by the gums that can cause gum disease. And there's been a number of studies done, many of them, and although they can't prove the exact link, there is no doubt that there is an association between the health of your mouth and the health of the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. And the reasoning for this is when you have inflammation of the gum tissue. Gingivitis. If it's left untreated, it can become periodontitis, where you have a you know a period condition where you need to really see a periodontist and have your gums cleaned up.
0: What so, is a period?
1: A periodontist is a is a dentist who specializes in treating the gums. So let's say you had some gingival inflammation. What is that inflammation from? It's from the bacteria that are accumulating around the gum line in your mouth. If you don't remove that plaque. So plaque is really colonies of bacteria, forms constantly in our mouth. That's why we want to brush twice a day, morning and night, to remove the plaque before it calcifies and becomes tartar or calculus. But if that's left underneath the gum tissue between the teeth, you can get periodontal disease. And because the mouth is so vascular, they believe that inflammation in the mouth those bacteria and that inflammatory process can travel through the blood vessels mm-hmm. in your gums and in your mouth to other parts yeah. of your body and so they definitely think there's a link between yes. inflammation in the mouth whatever so it's very important you know we tell our patients that you have to floss because your toothbrush doesn't get between So the, the teeth.
0: so what's the best toothbrush is an electric toothbrush is it a water pick is it like what's the best and flossing like what
1: so some people are really really incredible with a hand toothbrush there are other people that are terrible with it so if you're really great with using a hand toothbrush that works wonderful for you if what
0: do you mean great with like like you know
1: okay so you want to get the bristles up between the tooth and the gum and in a downward motion on the upper teeth, you're removing the bacteria that are just under that rim of gum. And on the lower teeth, you're brushing up. And you can also massage your gums with the toothbrush as well. The toothpaste is really just to have a good taste in your mouth. I mean, I, I'm not a big believer in, like, whitening toothpaste. Like, mm. those don't work. Mm. I know that, you know, anything that's a whitening product has to sit on your teeth mm. for 20 and minutes to be effective. And there's
0: chemicals in it, and there's stuff that's not... Right. It's the yes. mechanical
1: removing of this plaque yeah. and the from your teeth to keep the gums healthy. So if someone is one of those people that just does a quick brush and all of a sudden spits out twice, three times, feels like their breath is fresh and they're done brushing for someone like that, it's much better to get, you know, like a Sonicare yeah. or one of the electric toothbrushes because mm-hmm. that kind of forces you to brush well, cause it's really doing it for yeah. you. And, and many of them have timers. So you're doing, you know, 30 seconds per quadrant. So you're spending two minutes mm-hmm. brushing your teeth. Um, but but any toothbrush, even the best kind, can't get between the teeth where they meet each other, so you have to floss mm-hmm. your teeth. A water pick does not blast away the plaque that's between the teeth that a fl- that floss would get. Mm-hmm. The only thing that a water pick will do is blast out the food. If you're the type of person that has spaces between your mm-hmm. teeth, from your gums receding, and now the roots of the teeth are narrower, so it creates a space where food can accumulate. A lot of people like to use a water pick mm-hmm. for that, but it's certainly not a substitute for flossing your teeth. So, yes, it's very, very important to have healthy teeth because I do believe it has an effect on the rest of your body. Yeah. And at the same time, I also think it's important to have a healthy-looking smile. Mm-hmm. There was a study done a long time ago, I remember, and they it was like an audience, and they had, I don't know, eight or ten people standing on the stage... They weren't allowed to speak, the people on the stage. They just had a smile. And the audience had a number from 1 to 10 who they thought was the friendliest. Right. They were all smiling. Yeah. And the people with the whiter, cleaner-looking teeth were viewed as being friendlier yeah. without ever speaking yeah. to anyone in the audience. So it definitely makes an impression. Mm-hmm. And it's not just an impression like, oh, my God, you have beautiful teeth. But it's more so that you just look like you take care of yourself mm-hmm. and that you're healthy
0: And it it also sends a message about how you want people to perceive you. So I spent many years, and I still work with kids in the public schools and high school kids. So, you know, they've got their thing happening. and, And one of the things that I worked hard at doing was talking to them about job interviews and interviews for college or whatever they may be doing and that they had to smile no matter what they had to smile because instead of having this like face like this or smiling where are you who are you going to respond to so we would do a thing in the class and just show who would you hire out of these two people? One person not smiling, thinking, I got a cool vibe going on here, and the other one being, I'm open and I'm, 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 I want to have a conversation. I'm happy. I have a happy approach to life. So that message doesn't, it, it works for job interviews, it works for high school kids, it works for anybody who wants to engage another human being.
1: Right. But there's another interesting thing, too. The act of smiling, like that. Yeah. When you smile, there are endorphins that are released in your brain. Endorphins are chemicals um, that make you feel good. hmm So the more you smile, the more endorphins that are released. Right. You actually feel good. So you smile yeah. more. And it's like a cycle. People who are embarrassed of their teeth, and I see it all the time. Yeah. And talk like this when they're talking to you or they smile with the lips very low. Don't get to experience that. And the fact that you can have veneers done in two visits a week apart and just have a beautiful smile, whatever your dream Mm -hmm. smile is. And I'm not saying, you know, personally, I don't like, you know, that... Hollywood, white, everything is mm-hmm. symmetrical. I like translucency here and there. I like little imperfections, right. things. Right. So it's still a white, beautiful smile, but it's possible that you were born with it. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we strive for. And we, we've, I was actually very lucky. 30 years ago, I went to some dental lecture and there was a lot of dentists in the room. I don't know, it could have been 300 dentists in there and it was a break and we all walked out of the auditorium into this lobby where they had refreshments, but they had these little booths set up of peoples trying to sell you dental products, drills and burrs and impression materials. But one of the booths said Jason Kim Lab. So I didn't didn't know who Jason Kim was, and we had a guy, even though we were just starting out doing veneers, we had a guy who made very pretty teeth and as I walked by the booth, he said, you know, I heard you guys, I know you do more veneers than anyone. Could you just send me one case and I will show you how great I am. And I said, absolutely. And I took his card and never sent him anyone because there was no way I wanted to experiment right. with my patients who were paying all this money to have a nice smile. There's no way I was going to do that. So, And then I kind of forgot about him and about six months later... I was walking in the Greater New York Dental Meeting at the Javits Center, and that's rows and rows of, you know, it's a big convention center where you buy lots of dental stuff. And I turned and bumped into him, and he looked at me, and he just went like this. I said, I know. I said, I know. Listen, I said, I have this patient. She had a very hard life. She just got through cancer treatments. She doesn't have a lot of money. and You know, a lot of bad things happened to this woman. I said, I want to do something really nice for her, so I'll do a pro bono case, which we do sometimes. Just to give her a beautiful smile and I will send it to you and you can show me what you you do. And anyway, I sent the case to him and I opened up the box of the veneers, you know, for the day I was going to put them in her mouth. They were so spectacular. I had never seen anything look more real. Yeah. So I said, you're my guy. So he opened up a lab on the Upper East Side and as he grew and we grew together and learned from each other in this process... Eventually, he ended up doing work for like 40 different dentists in the city. Wow. A year and a half ago, he approached me. He's about my age. And he said, listen, I know you're doing a renovation and an expansion in your office. If you build a lab for me in your office, I will give up all the other dentists and I will be
0: yours exclusively.
1: I cannot tell you.
0: And you said yes right away.
1: I said yes <laughs> right away. And we built this spectacular lab because I have to tell you, you know, when you do a lot of veneers, you also get a lot of dentists from L.A. who send you their patients when they're in New York. And you get people from right. Europe who fly in with veneers all the time. I cannot remember the last time I ran out of my room and said to either of my two partners, you've got to come in and see these veneers, they're beautiful. And that's because nobody, you know, it's an art. Mm-hmm. Nobody can even come close to what this Jason yeah, does. His yeah. veneer, And everybody knows him. And all the other dentists are freaking out now because he's ours. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like it's important to feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Whether you're going on job interviews, you're going on right. college interviews. How about dating?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, how, how do you go on blind dates <clears throat> or you start right. to date and totally. not just feel... Yeah. It's nerve. I'm nervous when I think about, like, when I used uh. to date, you know, even though I had... Very nice hair, even then.
0: But meeting people and the first impression are so critical for so much of what we do in our lives. I also think when I realized that I could do something, that I had a talent for something, and that I could live a life based on that creative talent, for you it's the same, and if you can make people feel good in the process, so what you do is you have taken this artistry, basically, in, in a fundamental practice, mm-hmm. but created an art form out of it, and take pride in the fact that this is a piece of art that you're putting into somebody's mouth, and that you care so much about that, and that everybody in your office mm-hmm. cares tremendously on the result and the artistry of it. it, makes for a really great life. Of course, no life is perfect, and right. we have shit happens, but it really is a testament to your commitment to that—that that, that, that you've invest in this and that you make that—and and I think that's a lot to say.
1: I have to tell you, I feel. So blessed to be doing what I'm doing because you know, I always had that artistic part of my brain, at least on the music side. You know, my dad was a Juilliard professor of clarinet. I studied piano for ten years, then I played drums, put myself through school by playing upstate New York in a hotel. So that music art part of my brain is is mm-hmm. definitely dominant. Cosmetic dentistry is the only area in dentistry where you're really making people happy mm. no one like loves going for a root canal going for an extraction mm. or no, having an implant place these people come and they spend all this money to have a beautiful smile uh. and two quick visits and then they send you gifts on top of that mm. it's, it's like it, it really makes yeah. you feel good and i gotta tell you i just i just did a case 12 and a half year old boy did the father's veneers you know the mother has veneers he was born with a condition called ameliogenesis imperfecta, which means he was born with no enamel on his teeth. So the teeth are all kind of dark brown and have little pittings in it. He couldn't even brush his teeth because oh. they're so sensitive. So the father said to me, listen, the kid's getting bar mitzvahed in July. There's got to be something you can do. For, mm. You know, and some teeth are malformed and whatever. I I never did like a 12-and-a-half-year-old kid, you know, this veneer. So it was, I really had to, like, think about it. So I decided that... I would just make some temporaries on his teeth just to kind of show him what it could but, look yeah. like. So I had Jason do this thing called a wax up so that I could make him these temporaries just for the mother and father and him to see, not even to book anything yet, just to see it. And he was like a really nice kid. And he picked up the mirror and I said, listen, it's just going to harden on your teeth. They're just temporaries. And then I'm taking them right off. They're not going to stay on. They're going to fall off. But at least we could see yeah. if this plan will work. He picked up the mirror, Norma. I'm telling you, he he looked at himself and he said, "Could I just wear these to school just today? And my mom could bring me right back. I I could be back here at four o'clock, and you could take them off. I just want to wear them to school just today." You can imagine the pain he goes through in school. So there's there's no there's really no age limit in feeling good about yourself. I
0: I remember I was in your office and you had an emergency. Somebody fallen and really fell badly on their face Mm -hmm. and which is not just a cosmetic for you know enhancing like this little boy but a real you have a real emergency of how do you help this person because how they eat how they function going forward and of course then how they look so it's not the Understanding the role of a dentist is very complicated. Basically, everybody hates dentists right. because it's all about pain. Look at the tools you mentioned, burrs and whatever. It's was like, what? And so nobody, I mean, if you can avoid going, you don't go. But when you look at the role or typical day for you, it's, it's all over the place. It's from a little boy like this to somebody fell on their face to somebody is a m- famous movie star or model which they all go to you and then they're going to do whatever so they need to have whatever enhancement or people who are just having problems with their teeth as they age or whatever it is it's so different the complexity of the type of work you do is really amazing to me
1: it's really a lot of things and, the, and one thing that we haven't talked about which is really important you know, as you get older, from years of
0: eating yeah, on your yeah.
1: teeth... So this is your upper jaw, and this is your lower teeth, and they come together like right. this. And this is how you were when you were 15, and mm-hmm. now you're 20, and now you're 30. And as you're wearing the teeth down, yeah, the the uh, your upper and lower jaws Those collapse on each other. Yeah, So it gives you an older look, mm-hmm. like a saggy look or a sad look, but as the teeth wear down, you lose proper function and by function, I mean when, when your lower teeth slide forward and go edge to edge with your upper front two teeth, no other teeth should touch. They're protected in that kind mm-hmm. of slide. Mm-hmm. And when you slide on your canine to the side, no other teeth should touch because the canine is the strongest tooth in the mouth uh-huh. and has a long root and can support that. So uh-huh. when we eat, it's not like a door hinge. Everyone has different motions. And as your teeth wear, if let's say you wear down your canine teeth, mm-hmm. okay? Now when you go to the side, your front teeth are crashing into each other, oh. so they start to wear. Oh. And then that wears down, and now something that didn't hit before starts to wear. And it becomes a deterioration of function, mm. and eating properly and being able to eat is important for your health Mm -hmm. and what happens is teeth that aren't supposed to be hit hard are hit hard roots fracture you start losing teeth you Mm -hmm. start needing implants so it really you know a lack of nutrition is affecting your health too so it's not just having a beautiful smile that's great and that's Mm -hmm. easy to do for just about anybody but to recreate a beautiful smile in a way that restores function that was lost yeah. throughout that patient's life is critical. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's inevitable that your teeth are going to wear out as you get older. And that, I mean, that's just part of the maintenance people have to think about. I think it's critical to do that. But I don't think people think of that as part of what you need to do. As you get older, you do ex- more exercise, you care more about. Every part of your life, but I don't think that that's one of the tasks on the list of things to do and, no, it's and I not. agree with you for me, it was really an important part of my my health care for one but also to for for the structure of my face. I yeah. felt like i wasn't I wasn't doing my teeth weren't serving the purpose for me, and it wasn't what the structure of my face needed at the time i went to see you the first time that was the first thing i said
1: yeah i mean i I lost um i lost a tooth a few years ago i'd been on something and it fractured in a bad way so i lost the tooth so i had an implant put in in my jaw but you can't build a crown or a tooth on that for four to six months it was really hard for me to chew on that side, with missing just one mm-hmm. molar. Mm-hmm. So I kept sending the food to the other side. What was interesting is when I finally got the tooth back, and it might have been eight months later, when I had a crown put there, and I started to eat food, that half of my tongue exploded with flavor, like chalk, like dark chocolate or really? whatever. I guess I wasn't using that side, so I wasn't using the taste buds on that side of my mouth. My point is, one tooth missing... Yeah. I had to send all my food to the other yeah. side. So when patients come in and they're missing a few back teeth, mm. I don't even know how they eat. Yeah. It's, it's got to be a lot of work to do that.
0: What's the... This is an off the... you know, It's just a dentist question. What's the purpose of wisdom teeth? Like I don't understand the whole story about wisdom teeth.
1: Okay, so you have three molars in each quadrant. You have some, your first molar, which mm-hmm. you get at six. You have your second molar, you get at 12. And then most people, by the time they're 18, 19, 20, the wisdom tooth, the third molar, comes Mm -hmm. up. But what's happened throughout evolution, I guess, because we don't chew grasses anymore like we might have in the caveman (laughs) days, um, you don't really need your wisdom teeth to do that. So if someone's jaw is long enough that there's room for the wisdom tooth to come in, then you leave it in there because it's just another tooth. Yeah. To chew on, right. or if you ever lost a tooth in front of it, then you can build something off of right. that wisdom tooth. But what I think is happening over time is that some people are being born without wisdom teeth. What? Yeah, like my no. wife. Yeah, Robin has three. There was never a fourth there. Really? And I keep seeing that, so I'm just wondering if we're on the cusp wow. of a point through evolution no more where tail. there would be no, just like no more right, tail, right? right. <laughs> oral surgeons, what are they going to pull out? Wow, that so,
0: is really interesting. But
1: for people who have wisdom teeth, sometimes when the jaw doesn't grow enough, you don't have room for that tooth to erupt. So it's sitting down in your jawbone. Uh-huh. In the old days, they used to say, oh, you have to get your wisdom teeth out, like they used to say, you have to get your tonsils out. Yeah. Um, now we just say, if it's not bothering you, leave it. And yeah. if it ever starts bothering you, then you take it out.
0: And I wonder if people are vegetarians, if... I mean, do you need the fangs if you're like this? Is eventually is no, this the, another the, evolution? We stop eating meat and then our teeth change. The fangs are
1: important, so this you know, someone you really don't like, you just bite you into bite. the neck and just rip the
0: <laughs> the artery right out of it. Um, you always need the your canines teeth.
1: are probably the most important tooth in the mouth. Really? Yeah, they do a lot of the you know your front teeth bites you know, sandwiches and things, but the canines where you really go when you want to pull right. something when heavy. When you want to
0: open a jar. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's always <laughs> good to do. Beer <laughs> bottles are good, pen caps,
0: little cellophane
1: things. All that money of people who do those <laughs> things paid for our renovation. Right.
0: <laughs> so tell me about the most challenging, beyond patient or case you ever had
1: that's a good question um i have to say that after doing this for 35 years there's not too many things that i haven't seen like that's one thing you have to say about experience mm-hmm. you know how every dentist knows how to do every procedure and then when you do a procedure. 500 times, and you see that it failed in this case, in this case, in this case, but was great in that, you start to learn from your Mm -hmm. mistakes. Mm -hmm. So at this point, there's nothing that really freaks me out. I would say in dentistry, the most challenging thing besides working on an insane psychotic patient who you know every time you see that person's name on your schedule I just had one that's why it's fresh in my mind I'm like oh my god she's coming in today besides a difficult patient to work on as a patient when somebody's jaws have you know really totally collapsed and you have to open them up that's probably the most challenging in that you're doing every tooth in the mouth you're doing crowns or onlays which are porcelain overlays mm-hmm. on the back teeth you're doing veneers on the front teeth but we've so perfected that that we can do that in three visits now mm-hmm. which is very easy this child was challenging for me yeah. because
0: what are you going to like what are you going to anchor them on if no, they're so fragile the
1: teeth just if you imagined if you imagined your teeth and somebody drilled away the enamel and got into that next layer which is called dentin which is a darker yellower... Mm-hmm. So without, that's a very sensitive uh, surface. That's why, you know, if you, if you had a cavity filled without any injection, that's what as he you drills drills drill for the, the enamel, time. it's fine. You think you're fine for a while, and then all of a sudden it hits a level. Mm-hmm. That's the level he was born with. So I did have to do some sh- drilling of these teeth in his mouth, and I had to do every tooth in his mouth because not only did he have this disease, but when he would bite The only tooth that touched was one tooth in the front. Nothing met in the back. I said to him, I don't even know how you're eating. Mm. How how are you even chewing food in the back? So we had to build everything up with porcelain. So I had to drill these teeth, but there was no enamel. So it almost felt like softer. I had to go really slowly Mm. and really carefully to not... You know, if I just would have done my normal pressure with the drill, I could have woofed away an entire tooth. That's how I felt. Mm. So I did it very carefully... And, you know, if I wanted to be a pedodontist and work on kids, I would have done that. But, mm. you know, so I didn't know how he would be having 28 teeth drilled in his mouth. And this kid, I guess from seeing what he could what look could like. Be? He just was going to grin and bear it. was amazing. Yeah. You I know. mean,
0: you were, you were probably going to end all the bullying and abuse he probably has experienced. Yeah.
1: You know, his parents, they were both in the room when I inserted it. Both filling up with tears. Mm. The next day, the mother sent a text: "My heart is full with a heart." The next day, I got a text from her: "Just dropped a new kid off at school, and there was a video of him smiling at me and waving." I uh, mean, the little things, but uh, that's how it is. Even with patients who just come in to have a nice smile, mm. it's so funny because you know you, you do what you do, and you're so good at it, and it's so easy for you. And after you know, you just know. Mm. I can just look at somebody and I know what would work. I've also learned that in a, in a cosmetic consultation to listen very carefully yeah. too. Because a lot of the things that patients, you know, when, you, when we started doing these like in 1984, 1985, patients didn't know dental terminology. They didn't come in and say, listen, I want to have some translucency here and I want you to widen my arch. They know all those terms already. Yeah. All their friends have been through it. Yeah. So it's just very different than it was at the beginning. So I listen very, very carefully to what they want. I try and guide them in what I think would look even better. Mm -hmm. But if I'm feeling that resistance, I no longer fight. Like I had this one guy and he said, I want the teeth like as white as you can. And I said, you know what? You really don't. You want to have them white and beautiful, but to look real. And he goes, no, no, I really... and, And it went back and forth. And then he finally said... Hey, you're not listening, so I'm going to make this clear for you.
0: Wow. I want
1: my teeth to go... (laughs) Pow. Got it? I said, I got it. I'm going to give you that. Do not tell anyone that I did your teeth, ever. And I did it. And you know what? That was like 20 years ago. He still comes, and he still loves them, and I still hate them. Really? He loves them, and I, I can't even look at them.
0: Really? Yeah. Does he have a tan?
1: Yeah, he's tan on top of it. It's a, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. So what what I take pride in is that I really feel between us and Jason Kim. Yeah. That we customize each each smile for that person. Some people's teeth are longer. You mm-hmm. don't want to make long, narrow teeth. You want to balance that by having width in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Someone has a, a you know, circular round face, you want to give them more length to the mm-hmm. teeth. Um, where their lip sits what the whites of the eyes look like what their skin tones look like if I see someone who sits in the sun you know they come in after the summer and they are really really dark you know the contrast of the veneer the color you pick to the skin will show how white it is so if someone is very pale and fair skin they have a bigger range they can go as white as they want it's still not going to look that white Yeah. so I take pride in in, we call it the perfectly imperfect Mm. smile and it should be that way it should be that people are just think you have beautiful teeth. Mm. And,
0: and and are not necessarily thinking that. They're just getting, like you You just talked about the eyes, the spacing, the, the skin tone, that it's part, it's a holistic look yeah. at the face and not a specific thing. The, what's, what's your thought about this, is just a completely off-the-wall kind of thing? but when you're doing somebody's teeth and they've had a lot of work done on their faces and lips and cheeks and whatever all the processes mm-hmm. how do you work then because like you just said you're talking about you're talking about someone's proportion and now an, a new proportion has been mm-hmm. created so by enhancing someone Mm -hmm. with dental structure now you're having a different message because work has been done and Mm -hmm. now you have to reimagine the teeth in that new or that face so how do you look at that holistically
1: well if someone is going to do work on their face or have their lips done for us the worst thing is the lips
0: I can imagine that must First be really First of all, you, really you
1: don't you don't even know what it feels like. It's like to my hands. It doesn't feel like you know our lips feel. Really, our lips are soft and.
0: Is it hard?
1: Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for us to even retract it out of the way because it's so thick mm-hmm. and kind of hard. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when people have their smile done. So that when they speak, you can see their teeth. Right. And then they go to have the lips done. All of a sudden, the lips are gigantic and they're not showing as much tooth because when they smile, the lips aren't rising as much. Then they come back to me and they say, You know, you did my teeth and I really love them, but I just don't feel like I'm showing enough tooth. And I'm like, No, you're not showing enough tooth because you've had your lips done Mm -hmm. since we did your teeth. So if someone is thinking of, you know, doing some augmentation do to their lips, first. do it first yeah. and then let me build what I'm going to build
0: around that. And then, um, if they do like other stuff on their face, some cheek stuff or yeah, that, does that, that affect no, not, not as much, much? less. It's
1: the lips that's, that's really <clears throat> so the So proportionately
0: that would, you wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. So mainly the lips, I, I can imagine that that might be
1: yeah, a problem. It's a problem. But um, it's it's really weird because after doing this for so long, I still get excited every time I have to put one in. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't wait to open the box and see the beauty of Jason's work. I can't wait. I enjoy the process of putting it in. And, like, you know, we're a little little different. You know, we have a reflexologist. She's rubbing your feet while Mm -hmm. I'm working. They're lying back. The TVs are coming out of the ceiling. Mm -hmm. They're watching a Netflix movie. We're funny, you mm-hmm. know, me and the assistant, there's a lot of banter going around, and it, we make it really yeah. fun because I enjoy it. And I could see doing this easily another 15 years yeah. because I really love it. So,
0: so what's the new technology? I mean, do you see AI or any of the future technology changing? I mean, you just talked about a huge shift from when you started mm-hmm. to where you are now as far as the craft of what you do mm-hmm. every business is affected by a new disruption or new technology what what do you if you could dream up something that you would like to be the next phase of this or you see or you've heard of work being done what's that next Frontier for for the kind and I'm not talking about dentistry. I'm talking about what you do
1: That's a that's a hard question The changes that I have seen occurring to date is that the porcelains are much stronger than they were right Therefore they can be made much thinner than they were Therefore you can shave a lot less tooth than you would have had to before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a new porcelain, it's called Emacs. It's so hard that I have trouble even drilling it off someone's tooth and I have to like take off an old crown that's made of Emacs or something. So I know it's really, really strong. So we're getting better materials, but the one advance in technology that I don't love is there are these machines, CAD-CAM, so you would take a digital impression of, let's say, a tooth that you drilled for a veneer mm-hmm. or for a crown. Right. It gets fed into a computer, which gets fed into the machine, and the machine actually starts to mill machine. out to make the tooth right there while you wait. So they say, oh, that's so great. Go out for lunch for two hours, come back, we'll have your crown instead of coming back a week later. It sounds great. But that kind of technology, it doesn't, that crown or that veneer made that way lacks all the beauty and art that you see when porcelain is done the way jason does it which is called felspathic mm. technique Felspathic porcelain it's a layering technique so you can make the inner layers of that thin veneer a little more opaque to give mm-hmm. the whiteness you can build translucency over that you can create whatever you want it's mm-hmm. like it's like a, doing a beautiful piece of artwork right the CAD cam is just Milling out something and
0: is that that is the cat camp porcelain or yeah it's care? porcelain it it's porcelain but I, I think that it has a great purpose maybe in a nation that is basically poverty exists in a big way and there's no dentist to do anything as an art and having a tooth or yeah. having having something like that to to get something done mm-hmm. is a step better, just like that child to get something first okay. he wa- he would put whatever you put in he would stay with that right. because you made such a shift so I, I think there's probably a place for all yeah of there that is stuff.
1: you have someone who flies in from Russia I'm only here for one day. Oh, we can give you a crown on the same oh, day. So you're kidding. So that, so, so, so that would work in that situation.
0: Interesting.
1: But from the artistic point of view, for me, it's just I, I'm not impressed with it. A lot of the dental schools have them there now. Oh, really? Machines and they're teaching that technology to the students. So and, then who's going to learn the artistry? Well, it's very hard because along with uh, Jason Kim, we have three other ceramists that mm-hmm. work as a team with him but it's gotten so busy that we need a fourth and I keep saying where is the fourth Train, guy yeah. and he's like you have no idea how, it, how hard it is to find somebody that's not only someone who can work with our team you know personality wise but also someone who's talented because felspathic porcelain build up and the layering technique which is the artistic way to do it they're not being trained like that anymore. It's just easier and nobody has the time to do it. It's very, very tedious and time-consuming.
0: It's part of the the world we're going into. And like I said, AI can easily take over something like that in time. Mm -hmm. And for me, too, in my business, in schools, there's a dominance of teaching, computer pattern-making, which is great and you get fantastic patterns and they can fit the way you want they can do everything you want but there's still a value to that handmade pattern Mm -hmm. which is my skill set um where the nuances and something can come out of nothing because you went you tried a little different uh, at the Fabric went a certain way, or the paper. You did something that said, Whoa, this would even look better. And on a computer you can do some of that, but it's not, it's more you are committed to that mm-hmm. computer pattern. More students are gonna know how to do that computer pattern making because it's so freaking efficient that. For us, we, of course, have that here, too. That pattern gets done, it gets sent right to our factories, wherever they are in the world, and that information is there, Mm -hmm. done, versus the whole handmade process, and so less people are trained. And inevitably, fashion will change, and the industry will change, and how people, the clothes people will wear will change. The more that can be done on a computer, the more opportunities there will be what people will wear.
1: There's advantages to both. As a creative person, you know, I I tend to prefer the handmade, the custom made, Mm -hmm. the artistic part. Taking all of that out of that and just kind of... Yeah. I mean, I get it and, and it has its place and it's wonderful, but I really respect what you do I respect, you know, when I look at... Um,
0: anything that has. Yeah. But anything that somebody put a part of their soul into, mm-hmm. you can't match that. You no. can't touch it. And we appreciate those kinds of things. I think Gen Z, the next generation that I love and love to death, have a lot of that spirit... Mm-hmm. they'll reimagine it in a different way but they have that spirit so i don't feel it's going to die it's just going to be in a different way mm-hmm. so you may not be able to pass on forever the artistry that you do now and the next wave like your son and mm-hmm. people will come up with another version of it that'll be perfectly fine for that generation yeah. but to have this these crafts now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very special. And what you do really um, is unique in in a world where um, people don't really think of artistry all the time. And if you can change the way people feel mm-hmm. and make them feel good, which is my goal too. I want people to feel good about themselves. And if you can change a little boy's smile and change... Everybody's outlook on how they look in yeah. the mirror.
1: Look with baby boomers. Look we're all we all are getting older and and we all see changes and you still want to feel good about yourself always. no matter what age you are. Yeah. Always. And so to me there's there's no quicker, more easier way to look younger and healthier. Yeah. And to and actually be healthier building yeah. and building in function.
0: That, Two visits and done. That's and. the key, to, be, to, to, to age in a healthy way. Um, and so if it's um, oral health or physical health or how you the, look at the food you eat and your dietary health, mm-hmm. all of that makes aging a powerful thing. Because you feel good about yourself and you feel good you 're mm-hmm. not only the way you look but how you feel and so I believe you 're absolutely right if you take care of your oral health and the and the visible mm-hmm. look of how you 're taking care of your mouth it 's a tremendous boost to aging with power and i 'm a big believer that mm-hmm. Aging is not a negative thing, and anti-aging is a, a definitely a negative thing. So what you're doing is saying, look, do this. You're going to feel better. It's better for your oral and health, easy. and it's easy.
1: You know, but it's interesting because some people just aren't aware that, that they could that look better that way. Yeah. Like, like I know you you were talking to uh, Dr. Gendler. Mm-hmm dermatologist who's my dermatologist and I love her to death she has sent me yeah so many people because the same people that are seeing her that want to look younger in their skin tone yeah or, in their skin yeah, and, and
0: they're not wanting to look like they're false they are not that's not why they go there yeah and that's why she thinks dental appearance is in lockstep with her philosophy yeah. which is enhance the positive don't change it right just make it better exactly and that's that's the real key to aging in Mm -hmm. a a powerful way
1: but sometimes you need somebody to point that out for you so ellen is one of those people that is not shy Mm -hmm. so she'll just (laughs) say listen your skin looks great now you have to do your teeth that's how you know it's there are so many wives who get their teeth done and then they push their husbands yeah. to us who who at first don't care less about yeah. the teeth, but then the wife has the beautiful teeth and yeah. so sometimes it takes a a good yeah. push and sometimes you have someone mm. who says, Listen, I have this friend who could definitely afford it and this and that. Mm. I just don't know how to tell them.
0: Well, one of the reasons I thought to to do this podcast was because I you know, at seventy four I feel There's an. uh, I always forget
1: that. You look like incredible. Don't
0: forget. (laughs) I I, I always forget that. So, if you think about women 40 to my age, Mm -hmm. there's so much that goes on, and it's the most powerful time in a woman's life. It's the most volatile in a lot of ways, and there's a lot of change that goes on. But it is an incredibly powerful time, especially now for women. And looking like you're trying to hide aging is so detrimental to the power you can have. So if it looks like you're trying to be somebody else, it looks like there's a problem, there's an insecurity, there are issues. But if you're just being a better, the best version of yourself aging then doesn't become what people see first exactly when people do things to to hide what's happening to them it looks like they're insecure and they're they don't feel good about themselves mm-hmm. so what you do is a process in just it's a subtle thing mm-hmm. and it's enhancing and it has so much to do with the structure of their face the their smile, how they present themselves, and that's But they're still them. They're not, nobody's going to say, oh my God, what did you do? They'll just be something, and right. nobody will quite get it but you look so much better that's really did you go away your your hair is different
1: they can't quite put their finger on it but it it,
0: but it's something and then you just feel better and smiling is so good for you like you said it
1: makes you feel good um it makes other people see you in a different light sometimes so
0: so i think that's and listen some
1: people some people can't afford. To do porcelain veneers, there are other things you can yeah. do. You could bleach your teeth. You might have to do it more often mm-hmm. if you drink a lot of coffee, tea, red wine, those things. But there's lots of ways but, to but just... But
0: taking care of your teeth is really key. Taking care of your mouth and and the health of your mouth has so much to do with the health of your body. So from the vanity part of it to the maintenance of a healthy body, mm-hmm. it it's really very important. People don't understand that... Dental health is very critical. So I hope with this podcast we make sure everybody knows dental health is important and then the vanity part of it can be a part of how you look at taking care of building up on something that might have worn out or make you feel better.
1: Those two things go hand in hand. If you're going to change someone's smile mm-hmm. and make them look beautiful, you're checking the function, you're checking the health right. of the gums. I will not veneer somebody's teeth if they come for a consultation until the support, the gum tissue, is healthy.
0: Yeah. And so instead of going on a vacation, you take that money and you invest it in yeah. Yeah. Something for your, doing something that's going to last longer than that vacation. Yeah.
1: Look, you get a really nice car. And you park it in the street and you walk away from the car and no one knows it's your car. You walk around with a beautiful smile all day long. You take it with Mm -hmm. you.
0: I think that is a great way to end this. But I, I I am so happy that you were able to take the time to do this. I know how busy you are and I think it it's great information to share with a lot of people. So Well, I wanna thank you for having
1: me because it was a lot of fun and it went I almost feel like it was a therapy session. I feel better.
0: No. <laughs> I think everybody's gonna feel better. I, I with You know, knowledge is power. So, um, this is something that people don't talk about that I thought we should share. I think it was a great idea. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure.